Coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. So tonight we are talking about Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple, um, which is another book for December. Um, so I think we can start off with a little summary that I found. This is straight from Wikipedia. <clears throat> oh, oops, stepped I lost the page. Hold on one second. Um, okay. So after a mother's disappearance, 15 year old B branch gathers correspondence relating to her mother in order to ascertain what happened to her. B traces the incident back to her perfect report card. Earlier B's parents had told her she could have anything she wanted if she got a perfect report card for all her years in school. Because of the previous promise, B convinces her parents, uh, her stay-at-home mother Bernadette and father Elgin, a genius who works at Microsoft, to take her to Antarctica. Though Bernadette is mostly housebound, she delegates the task of making their arrangements to her personal assistant in India, Manjula. Because she is housebound, Bernadette has an ongoing feud with some of the mothers at B's private school, with the main instigator being her neighbor, Audrey Griffin. Audrey accuses Bernadette of running over her foot with her car, which Bernadette does not dispute, though it is untrue. <clears throat> B also learns that her mother was once a famous architect, winner of a MacArthur Genius Grant because of her creation of the 20 Mile House, so-called because it was made from material sourced from within 20 miles of the home. After she won the grant, Bernadette sold the house only to belatedly realize that it had been sold to a hostile neighbor who demolished the home out of spite as soon as he attained it. Mm -hmm. After the defeat, Bernadette moved to Seattle where she had four miscarriages before conceiving B. A friend of Audrey's, Sulin Lee Siegel, an admin at Microsoft, goes to work for Elgin Branch. She reveals to him that Bernadette, quote, attacks on Audrey, uh, causing him to question whether to admit Bernadette to a psychiatric institution. As Sulin and Elgin begin, begin an emotional affair, the FBI also contact Elgin to reveal that Manjula is actually a Russian money scamming ring <laughs> who planned to defraud Elgin and Bernadette. Elgin arranges for an intervention with Bernadette at the dentist to reveal these facts to her, but because of a mistake, the unsuccessful intervention happens at their home with the FBI and police involved. In the middle of the investigation, Bernadette goes to the bathroom and then disappears. B has a place at Choate, and in the aftermath of Bernadette's disappearance, she's sent to the school early. Su Lin reveals to Audrey that she's pregnant with Elgin's child, and he has bought them a family home. Elgin and Sulin learn that Bernadette did take the trip to Antarctica herself and go there to confront her only to have her disappear again. During this time, Sulin also reveals to Audrey that her life is miserable and the pregnancy is a result of a drunken one-night stand between her and Elgin, who completely regrets the incident. At Choate, B receives a package that contains a bulk of the correspondence used in the novel up to that point. It is revealed that after discovering that accusations she leveled against Bernadette were going to result in her being hospitalized. Audrey helped her escape from her home, showed her all the correspondence between Sulin and her husband, stayed silent when Bernadette decided to go to Antarctica in the hopes that she'd be able to speak privately to Elgin and B there, and sent the package containing all the correspondence to B in hopes that B would understand what happened with Bernadette. B is kicked out of Choate in part because of her manuscript she's putting together. She guilts her father into going on the trip to Antarctica with her in the name of closure, though she secretly believes her mother is hiding there. After nearly giving up hope, B learns of Palmer Station, an American base where scientists work and research. Stealing a boat with her father, B 
Bee goes to the station where she in fact finds Bernadette, who's surprised to find that her family thought she was dead as she has been sending Bee a letter. Bee finds the missing letter after she returns to her old school. The letter reveals that Bernadette went to Antarctica in hopes of reconciling with her husband and daughter and decided to stay for the cruise. While there, she met a scientist who told her about Palmer Station and an architectural project for the South Pole in which every single material would have to be shipped from the U.S., which meant that it was of utmost importance for everything to be designed to complete perfection. Bernadette stuck, snuck on board Palmer Station, hoping to work for the project, and sent a letter to B, asking for her blessing and telling her she would return home if she did not get it within a specific set period of time. And that is the story. Okay. <laughs> so, my favorite thing about this book uh-huh. is that I hated it. <laughs> I had, like, a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I did not want to keep reading it in the first portion of it. Uh-huh. I hated it. Okay. Like, this or a little hate of it. Okay. And at the end, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> I have one bone to pick with the ending, but I'll come to that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you asked, what do you guys think of it? Mm-hmm. And what did we all say? I loved it. Well, I loved did it. you love it in the beginning? No, you're right. Yeah. We all, I think we all had the same. So by design, I didn't, I, think. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it because I really felt like she was a little quirky and a very. When I was reading it, I bought a paper copy of the book to read while I was gone. And um, when I was reading the paper copy, I really didn't like it. The format of the book. So we should say the format is written in like a series of like letters and emails and invoices and documents and stuff. It's called an epistolary when you use that. Okay. And it's got bits of narrative thrown in from B, but reading it was a lot more challenging. Like it wasn't as light and like easy of a read as I thought it was going to be. You have to piece together clues mm-hmm. from the materials in front of you. Right. Kind of but like then when B I had to. But then when on. I listened to the audiobook version, it was a lot easier to get into the yeah. story. So I didn't enjoy it as much at first just because of the format. But then mm. once I got used to it and someone was reading it to me, I liked it a lot more. But yeah, there are Parts a couple of... problems that I have with it. Mm-hmm. But in general, it was... The author's hilarious. I thought yeah. it was funny. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. cute. But um, there is some mental health issues in there that are a little challenging to deal with, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, I, I know one of my initial reactions is formed by like I don't understand mothers who abandon their children Mm -hmm. and so you know that immediately right that she has done that when I ask dad why mom left he says it wasn't your fault Mm -hmm. but that wasn't what I asked him Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love I do love that line like but it also I've heard this I think it's the same reader who reads who read this other book about um an all-girls school Mm. of spies and so like I have her in my head as a different I have a fun fact about the about the narrator oh please do you know who she is not really I looked her up because she sounded so familiar Uh uh-huh did either of you watch Gilmore Girls yeah so she's Luke Dane's sister Liz the like hippie lady Uh, she's hippie Liz yeah Nope. Oh, not ringing a bell. Okay. okay, I had to look her up, and I saw her face, and I was like, "Oh, it's Liz," because I used oh, to love can... Gilmore Girls. But like, once I saw that, I was like, "Oh, it's really obvious." I didn't make that connection. Ever. I didn't either until I googled to you, it. Or did it get in your way? It didn't get in my way. I thought the narrator was really funny. Sometimes the narration that's B versus the narration that's her mom is a little I, hard to differentiate between. Differentiate a little bit, but then, and and there's times where. Okay, so she has this virtual assistant from India she's never met. And I'm like, 
she's divulging so she's yeah, like going like, on and on like is this oh my Rich- husband's doing yeah. this i mean she's like it's gossiping well, it's inappropriate it's for their relationship but i was like she's giving them like a lot of access and yeah oh, and you have all my passport numbers and you have access to this <laughs> account and whatever but yeah. nonetheless but it speaks to who she is well also it's still sideswipe me mm-hmm. that manjula is a scammer in right. russia you, which you got to that point and you're like oh crap no <laughs> oh no okay. sometimes wait it, it so- was suspicious how much stuff she, information yeah, she okay, gave in her. the beginning i had no clue what gender manjula was and then no. she talks about manjula like she's a girlfriend i'm like oh i didn't get that at all mm. and then i'm like okay even i know you really but she's but some of that is she's so housebound because of this trauma that happened mm-hmm. to her that you'll find out later about in the book. She's not exactly agoraphobic, though. No. She just doesn't want to participate in the world around her. Which, right. Like, there have been times. I think that's more of a depression type mm-hmm. of yeah. behavior. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that probably narrows down to what she was struggling with was probably just depression. I mean, there there Depression, if one- she got seriously... Crushed, crushed. Yeah. She, I mean, emotionally crushed. Yeah, what happened later. to her and project is what. Told, it, yeah. But that happened before she ever got, before she moved to Seattle, before mm-hmm. she had got pregnant. Yeah. But Seattle is still... a complete reaction to the 20 mile hops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she probably could have moved anywhere and hated it. Yes. It didn't have to be Seattle. It was just that <laughs> that's where they landed and she was upset and she hated it. I and love she take... that she like tears apart the city that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the Westin that, um, that the, the Audrey stays in? The Audrey stays in is right across the street from the place that I like to That's stay. That's funny. Um, I, I meant to look that up. I loved that scene with Audrey in the hotel, and she's like, there's loud people down the hall, and my <laughs> son is trying to sleep, and you're like, oh, honey, no. Oh, my gosh. Your son is a jerk. <sighs> yeah. Audrey oh, is in such... Okay, so, so, the main, so the main gal, mm-hmm. so Bernadette, she has her own mental health issues, right? Her own... Audrey's Quirky. just nuts. And then Audrey has got this. Well, she's she's dia- in her own denial. She's mm-hmm. in a, she's she's com- a diametric opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so participating that she's perfect. And nothing in her life could possibly except, be wrong. Mm-hmm. Except clearly she's not participating because her son's a drug dealer. And her right. husband is and, an alcoholic. <laughs> and she's not listening to anybody telling it's her any different. Everyone's yeah. trying to tell the principal, everybody, the teachers, everyone's trying to say your son is a problem. And she's like, how you, dare you attack you, Kyle is, like this? I, I love, Kyle's a good boy. <laughs> he has a precious snowflake. I love the story about the vending machine. Yeah. That he, like, <laughs> going he ruins the vending machine and the, she, um, Bernadette. Ber- Bernadette's like, it's fine. It's my fault. Kids, and the little boy's fine. like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Audrey um, is a, is a challenging character, but I, in, so I there's, I saw the movie before I read the book, and I kind of envy you that you then, haven't seen the movie. But and it's I had not to look available at the casting. Yet. Oh yeah, it's I helpful that you can see yeah. the people. But yeah, it's not available to stream yet because I wanted to rewatch it. Yeah. But the book and the movie are very similar. There's some like Audrey in the movie is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not as hardcore, and the whole thing about the. Like the whole narrative, it's just a story. It's not, you know, it doesn't have yeah, the same format. So, there, there is so a she tra- doesn't form, she doesn't have that like 
So at one point, Audrey's character like 180s and realizes yeah. she's been wrong and then wants to help Bernadette, which does happen in the movie, but not yeah. to the extent that it does. There the is genre. a trailer that you can watch, but I found one of the things in the trailer that I found distracting was it looks so much like Julia Roberts and Pretty Women that, you know, the way the hair and the makeup was. Oh, you don't think she's going for that affectation? Because, like, she's coming out of L.A. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind... The, 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 my first experience with the trailer is like it's like thirty seconds oh, of this character, I, and if you have, no, if you, if I hate you, trailers, yeah, I call them institutionalized spoilers. Yeah, except I once I did realize you know the trailer's not helping me at all. Mm-hmm. That I'm just going to read the book. It is helpful to look up the cast, yeah, though, because I, I, I had everybody the, in my yeah. head what they looked like, mm. but Audrey was a little different. In the book than in the movie. I'm surprised because I can't think of her name right now. Christian Wig. Thank you. Like, I could see... When I saw yeah. that she was cast, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. She is the perfect it's, amount of 11. I think like... that she needed to be a little older uh, than she was in the movie. Like, because they talk about her gray hair. Yeah. Which she does have, like, grayish, like, brownish yeah, hair in the movie. But I feel like it was just not... I don't know, anyway, she was hilarious. And the movie is, is worth watching, especially if you've read the book. I kind of like... I kind of like... Audrey at times and other times I'm like she is so oh fat her I, letters she... back and forth with Sue Lin are aggravating <laughs> I know I only like Audrey when you know what I yeah, yeah that's the it. whole time okay. you're like I hate Audrey I mean I love Audrey getting her just this desserts. is what I wrote as soon as you guys Sue Lin is the worst of all of the characters she's the worst she is the worst she idolizes and I do love that she just is going on and on about how great Elgin and Elgin is, and Audrey is like, "I hate you." So she does much. like not take the bait oh, at yeah. all. Oh my gosh! Can you, do you not have at any, one point any in, infl- yeah. you, you're not hearing how I'm suffering, and you keep rubbing in my face. I'm like, <laughs> at one point she stops calling him Elgin and starts calling him LG. Yeah, and you know that's the oh, point that you're like, oh no, I barked a little. So that in the book. Is not in the movie. They don't mm-hmm. have an affair. She doesn't get pregnant in the movie. Oh, good. <laughs> she's his assistant, and she's, like, a little too invested, but it's more so just because her she's and so what's her, and Audrey, you know, like, hate What I like each, about that Bernadette. happening is that it shows, I mean, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. I both hate and love this fact of the book, is that it is mundane. Uh-huh. Like, I hated the mundane nature of this story you're starting. Go, just all the mm-hmm. and the, But then... Stuff. But that is what my life is. Like, it is this mundane yeah. thing in the middle the of North America. being so out there and, like, extravagant, it is a pretty, it's a story that's pretty realistic. And so, but like, that's the, rea- don't you think that's a reaction because their life is so mm-hmm. mundane that any little bit of gossip, that's is what, delightful, yeah. That's what feeds them yeah. that way. And so, her and Elgin getting together and how they came together with their work relationship uh-huh. turning into something else but not really, lacking all the depth that his real relationships okay, have. All in her head, mostly. It's yeah. all one-sided, except he was feeling emotionally... She took it... He was just vulnerable. He was emotionally vulnerable, and she took advantage of it. I blame yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they say no, that in the book. I don't Actually, normally, no. I mean... He made a choice. I mean, he does have... He does you know, have his control own, over uh, his body. My favorite but, thing that I looked at... On the casting is that Billy Crudup played the husband, mm-hmm. and I hate Billy Crudup. So oh. he's likable in the movie because he doesn't cheat on his wife. Ah, but now I'll watch it knowing <coughs> yeah, that, that he the, probably it's really did. alternate dimension. When I was Elgin. listening to the book, I was like, no, 
she's not pregnant. And then I was like, maybe because Sue Lynn's just, you know, she's maybe a little she lied out there. About it. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe she's lying about it. Maybe she's just convinced herself that she is, but she's not really. But she did end up actually because being a, pregnant. She but the whole time I didn't believe it. Because she did convince herself. A lot of things. Of a lot of things like, that really Like that didn't. they were like going to... a lot of women do. Run yeah. off together and they had this amazing they bought life. A, he bought her a house and they were going to, like, you know, have their families together. And So just the simple choices that we make in our mundane lives that can destroy the structure of those lives. Uh-huh. So he made a choice yep. to cheat on his wife yep. with this woman, even though he did it at an emotionally vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. Like, we make simple stupid choices that ruin our lives yeah. <laughs> and and then you have to live with the consequences everyone in the party like the way that Bernadette dealt with that at the end I think it, it, at one point I was like well she's forgiving a little easy but at the same time she also had stake in that too not that she cheated on her husband but that you know she was to blame for a lot of their problems in their marriage just as yeah. much as he was yeah so it's not like she could have been like how dare you do this to me because she did a lot of crap to him yeah. that wasn't cool too. well didn't he say something like i turned to find my marriage and it was not there something like that maybe okay. one of the things i kind of took issue was how fast all this happened the child starting school but they but you know oh no it, the story starts in november because mm-hmm. christmas is a month away yeah when he's bought her the house, it's only January, yep. the middle of January. So they have the, this affair. How does she even really? And he bought mm-hmm. her a house before her first period oh, is even affair. really g- missing. Right. She's I'm not like, even like hardly into her first. Are you sure time about that timeline? Because they talk about um, toward in the other part when they're going after her, it's like the the girl had started school. Yes. She started at the second, started the second Something term. about that they talk about, it's like mid-January or something. And she wasn't something. there very long. No. You're right. So yeah. I, just because like, I She's there like, like a couple weeks and they're like. February 21st is the end of the book. Is Yeah. yeah so we're talking right. November, December in two it's months. like two months, yeah. And Three right months, about maybe. in the middle of that is when he had this affair and she got. You the, know, that's a, one a fair well, not really, It's not really an affair. It's a one night stand. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, it is a, an affair, but yes. But. She misses one period and he's buying her a house. I don't think I'll be talking out of turn about this, but I have a friend who, um, from high school, she's the, one of the dearest people I've ever known. We're not close now, but she's amazing. Um, and the story speaks to her amazingness. Her husband had a one night stand with a woman and <clears throat> got her pregnant and they... It takes once. She was, you know, she was going to stand by the marriage mm-hmm. and, um, he committed suicide. Oh. Um, so there were other things. In his other yeah. problem, yeah, yeah, you know, that probably led him to those kind of destructive behaviors. But I don't know him, so I cannot judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so here she is; she's a single mom with her baby, and her oh, he cheated on her while she was pregnant. Mm. Um, and the other woman with her child, and neither of them have this man in their life anymore. And so they have like these girls are growing up as the closest sisters. No, um, and so like you can. Live- out of insane yeah. scenarios, you can like live. You can make it work. make something real. Yeah. of it. Um, I, <clears throat> I kind of wanted her to be dead and gone. Really? Not because I wanted the end of Bernadette. I just she I did, just she, she has no place really in this. Dynamic, I like that I think. she has her redemption. Mm-hmm. But oh, you mean Bernadette? You want? I thought we were still talking about Sue Lynn. I kind of wanted them so to never find Bernadette. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also caring, want Sue Lynn dead. She's and carrying that's an it. innocent baby. That's so. true. Well, okay, not that. Is she or is she lying still? Because I mean, <laughs> honestly, know. 
We don't. Um, so, I mean, no, because when Sue Lynn has her, like, confession email, yeah. you know that she's telling the truth that yeah. everything's in the shit. Yeah. There's something... I mean, I absolutely love the reuniting. I love the daughter seeing the t-shirt at the bottom of the pan so that it doesn't, you don't hear yeah. the dripping. I wanted her to still be around and for them to find her just for B's sake. Because yeah. if they hadn't, it would have, I don't know how that would have. That would have been a very depressing ending. Yeah. Here's this person with mental health. She runs off and then you never see her again. So but... I want to talk about the main problem I had with this book is that you know, Elgin and whoever else, you know, they believe that she's mentally ill, that she needs help, which I would argue she is and does need mm-hmm. help. Yeah. But the movie, well, the book um, and the movie lead you to believe that all she needs to do is to get back to creating and everything will be taken care of. Right. No. No. Which is like, okay, sure. That makes a good book. But also it totally disregards the the need for mental health in general because yeah. a lot of yeah. people struggle with those issues yeah. and they can't just go back to their formal lives well, and get back to no. what they were doing and everything be okay no so it's sort not of not everyone ne- can go to antarctica no. and have a life changing yeah. so it negates yeah. the fact that a lot of people probably and a lot of people who read this book probably feel like bernadette sometimes see i i i have i wonder if she's kind of autistic because of how she likes everything lined up a certain way she she's very creative but she likes things exact I was thinking yeah. about when she was an architect, She the way she reacted. Because remember, and yes, she had a we horrible neighbor. We have talked about her being a knitter. Oh, Hello. I know. She's, there's, oh a, there's a whole part of the book about how she knits <laughs> that sweaters. she's like making uh-huh. and she goes onto the construction site and she's evaluating. She's got like a little knitting. bag with her ball of yarn and she's knitting sweaters while talking to like contractors so, and was stuff. Awesome. That was amazing. That part was in the movie so, too, which I, lo- I love that. Then we'll get back to Bernadette. Did we all find a little bit of Bernadette's mental health in our own? I'm sure everybody yeah. can relate and, with and, it somehow. And autism isn't mental health. Autism no, no, is brain. no, no. But, but there, but how she reacts to things yeah. because going to Seattle because you know what they, it, it even alludes to. Yes, she had a horrible neighbor. But she kind of kept provoking. The two of them were feeding each other, and she would do things to provoke in the same way that. Sure, she cleared out her brambleberries, and then she put a billboard say sign well, saying "F you all." Like, hello, you knew that that was true. Yeah, she knew. <laughs> so the whole time she's like, "I'll do what you say." Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. you want, Audrey. Uh, I mean, it, it was Audrey's fault that 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 the whole uh, and Audrey admits it, eventually that yeah, that was a bad idea, and I did it because you know whatever. But are you saying provocation is a sign of I, her autism? No, I'm saying that because that's where I identify. I'm saying her. that red billboard. <laughs> As a, as a person on the spectrum, there are times where I find myself less tolerant when th- when I think that things should flow a certain way and yeah. other people don't respect the, the order. <laughs> I can see that. You know, and I, in which case it's not a mental health issue, but it is a way, a behavioral issue that need that. The way that the book handles mental health in general is not great. You know, mm-hmm. it makes it, it makes light of her issues because you know her and or Elgin in the um the, when they do the intervention him and the psychiatrist or whatever it's like kind of funny the way that like the psychiatrist is like not getting through and like not being heard and it's like making it like the whole intervention scene is kind of funny the way it plays out but it's not like 
Like that could have okay, been but, helpful to her. You know, but, I didn't but, feel like it was but, funny. I no, felt like it was scary. No, I felt, I felt, yeah. I felt it was kind of an ambush. Oh no, yeah, it definitely it was. Absolutely an ambush. Yeah. It was not an intervention, and I think he. But I think he was so. No, it wasn't an intervention. Yeah, interventions she are talks, ambushes. She I talks about it being the old, but I don't style. feel like <laughs> Elgin felt it was an intervention. I felt like he had a problem he was tired of dealing with, and he kind of wanted it to go away. I think he was just he afraid kept that pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah, but I, I mean, think... there is something dangerous about your child is is digging in the dirt through the floorboards because the brambles have come up yeah under your that house. was an interesting There's thing some to learn about dangerous the things happening so mm-hmm. so you have i think it was interesting how they illustrated his point of view of viewing her behaviors mm-hmm. um i don't know when he pens the letter to the mm-hmm. to the doctor you i really felt like i felt like i um understood how much he loves her yeah i don't think he's doing it because he's tired of it and just wants it to be over i think he's doing it because he's honestly worried and scared for his partner that he loves and he doesn't know how to help and he doesn't her. know how to help her yeah but okay let the the child's nine years old at no, this she's point nine, 15 or she's 15 wait wait you were talking about that's i'm so talking that's about how long he let okay. it go on oh <laughs> you're right yeah he has let this go on the child was like a toddler and she could dig through mm-hmm. the, the dirt in the dirt Where through the floorboards because yeah <laughs> she dug it up because the bramble because her carpet was all mushy and she could mushy. dig right through the, she, the exactly the wood yeah but he has let he in his own right has let this go on and on and on. he hasn't he she, just like Bernadette was in denial about having it really having a problem. He's kind of been in denial and kind of enabled things. But he just figured he just keeps working really hard because if he gets her whatever she mm-hmm. makes sure she has enough to have this star child, you know, cared for in whichever way her quirkiness. And I think maybe he felt like maybe in the beginning he was he really had hopes that she would fix up this yeah. re, this. I just it think was it's a project hysterical. for her. I think it's hysterical that it was it used to be a reform school for girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And it didn't get reformed. <laughs> yeah, it's um, her, when they move to Seattle, she finds this place and she's excited about it initially because she's like, oh, this is a project that I can work on. But I think that, yeah, it was a, <clears throat> it was sad to see that it was in like such a state of disrepair. And I think it's got, I don't think it was in quite as bad as when, as, as time went on. I mean, it was bad, but it was livable because there was mm-hmm. always the hope that somehow she would come she around. She was going to work on it, and she never did. No. Yeah. Um, but it made me feel like maybe in their marriage, they, things have been going apart for a while. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, I didn't... He talks about that phenomena, like living with it mm-hmm. and letting it get worse and getting used to it as Does, it gets worse. But why doesn't he take responsibility <laughs> for that? Because he's busy and he's got other things busy. to think about. Because they're all doing it as yeah. a family. It's like a, they're all working, living around it, and not talking about the the elephant in the room. It's a shared the bramble elephant thing. Yeah. yeah. What is that called? <clears throat> it's like it when you share a delusion. Yeah. It's um, not that, but it's like that. <laughs> um, one of these questions. So in the back of the paper book, there's a questions for topics and discussions one of them that i like says that bernadette often behaves as if she's an outsider do you think she actually is or do you think that her feelings are just self-imposed and she's not that different from everybody around her i think she works hard to be an outsider mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she likes to think of herself as, like, the complete 180 of, like, the typical Seattle woman. So she dresses in, you know, she tries to be stylish and she, you know, and not that, you know, whatever. You know, it's different from how Seattle women dress. She does the exact opposite. They're more yeah, casual, she, laid back, she's outdoor. She's LA style. Yeah, so she's, she she works hard to let people know but I think that she, she also, does not like it. But there. I also think that's the antagonist in her uh-huh. yes, that wants to just like just like the the war that she had with her neighbor in L in LA over the driveway and the things she would do to provoke. Right. I think that her style of dressing and othering herself was also a way of I'm not like you. I, I don't have to deal with things because all of the things that are weird are because of you. It's your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, besides Su Lin, were there any characters that you also really didn't like, regardless of if they were likable or not? Because I had a hard time with B, because I get really tired of the, like, overly precocious child, child yes. trope. Like, every kid <sighs> yep. in every movie is, like... I'm hilarious so or yeah. a genius and it's like okay I get like it I think it would have I don't think that serves the story that much that she is so I liked her better when I found out what her backstory yeah yeah that yeah. she used to be well yes. she she says she used to be sick and she yes. yeah had a heart problem I liked her a lot better when I learned that yeah. where she was coming but from having been the only child treated raised as an only child that obnoxious precociousness is pretty typical. Yeah, but it, for, it's, it's over the top in media, like books and movies and stuff like that. Like, yeah, to an extent that like no kid is like that. You know, that's not a real kid. And she helps with the Red Cross. And no, I mean, she doesn't. No, she but she does a million things and she's, you know, extra. She's a genius. She's extra smart. She's, okay, but most of the time when p- kids are doing that, mm-hmm. they're doing that because it's going to look better. Not because they're necessarily super kind in their heart, though yeah. maybe some are. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to discount that, but I think a lot of times there's that motivation of if you want, you know, she's worked really hard to keep her grades up mm-hmm. and all of that to get into the right kind of school. I also think that she probably flourished because she had so much of her mother's attention. Yeah. Yes. You know, she was there for her. All of the time. And they were best friends. So Ugh. I think that. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I love my daughter. I love playing with her. I love camaraderie with her. But I am not her friend. Yeah. I don't want to be her friend. <laughs> I love her. It's like Lorelai Gilmore. Like that's yeah. not a mother. That's a, that's a buddy. You yeah. know. Icky. Yeah. <clears throat> but it served to, you know, be well because she was, I wouldn't say well adjusted. But she's, you know, an extraordinary child, which bothered me. also the way that she spoke like her narrative and like all her like dialogue and stuff seemed so much younger to me than 15 yeah see i didn't think she was 15 i thought that she seemed like a 12 year old are you sure her friend turned 15 yeah they're she's 15 or she's turning or she's yeah because she's going into high school so she'd be like 14 15 yeah i guess i never really quite made that connection of i thought she was leaving elementary no. and going to the next because it, wait wait because well, she's an eighth grader mm-hmm. oh i guess that makes sense yeah so she's leaving the the because you know i think in her i think even though her parents were what did they call them like volvo parents or something oh um, yeah mercedes parents yeah. but i think they treated oh yeah i didn't her, like that guy. <laughs> oh ollie oh is so obnoxious <laughs> they treated her they treated her like she was a mercedes yeah you know, 
that she was just as smart that she was smarter than all those other kids and but she was i mean like she was i mean yeah she was but yeah and while she was highly privileged she didn't seem she wasn't stuck up or self-centered that that's another Except part of this book Antarctic is like part. i can only feel so sorry for rich white people you know <laughs> that was the, that's one of the oh stomachache things yeah like your husband is a super successful executive at Microsoft. Yeah. And you have all the time and all the money in the world to do whatever you want. Like, what is and the... you're living in a dump. What? Yeah. Well, I thought I don't judge. Yeah. No. But, um... That's like apart from the mental health issues in her, she her character. But true. like, but in the beginning of the book, I didn't, in the beginning of the book, you don't know the extent of her mental health issues. No. And she yeah. She just seems like this. Also, you what don't know you... what kind of dump it is too. Yeah. You just know that no. the but then, like, neighbor don't but like thinking, it. Yeah. She doesn't have a regular job. She doesn't have a job. She's just a creative person. I didn't get the need for a personal assistant. Yeah, except like, that she was too afraid to do everything herself. Yeah. And she wanted to hide it from her husband because he... Yeah, he, he okay. tells her to stop using it and she keeps doing it. Se- okay, <clears throat> 40 hours a week at 75 cents a, a per hour U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. That sounded realistic. But that made me sick to my stomach. Like, oh, okay, we're we're encouraging slave wages again. It. <laughs> the thing is, is that I mean, we'd have to look at an exchange chart and the average wages to speak to this. But it is not. It's probably that probably would be like a good living in India. Like, yeah, because of exchange rates. Um, I'm not justifying. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Like, yeah, it just seems wrong. Sure. I, I, I think, think that was supposed to sit wrong. With you. Yeah. Oh, good. You know? They made a point to tell you a couple times that's, that that's how this much This is how much per, <laughs> you know, sign the contract for thirty seven fifty per month. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, it is disgusting. I don't want to discount your point. What did you think about the structure of the book? The way it was written? Well, I think it was very effective. Yeah. Because it, you don't think it would have worked the same if it had just been a simple narrative? A linear no. No? No, because I think part of the style of the organization of the book mm-hmm. was to keep us as... Uh, um, kind of imbalanced. Off-kilter, off, yeah. 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 As off-kilter as the people living it. That's true. Because you true. only ever get, like, a limited... like You sort of limited, have to piece together what's yeah. happening through yeah. all these different little avenues. And that keeps <clears> you <throat> engaged. Mm-hmm. Because if they just told... It's, I do appreciate she's not handing everything out in a clear line. She makes me work for it and really... I mean, at first it was difficult yeah. to follow, but I'm like, okay. You can read between the lines of the way that the different characters are talking and you can sort of get an idea of them. Like Su Lin, like you know that she's like deluded. Like she's fooling herself. Oh, absolutely. Just by the way that she writes to Audrey. And mm-hmm. the way... Oh my gosh, it bothered me so much. That part when they're in like the meeting and she's talking. She's like IMing Elgin while he's trying to like whatever and she's like going on and on and on about victims against victimhood and oh like all these tips yes. and tricks and it's like this is number one not your place and number two not no. the place <laughs> for this and yeah, he's like wait. i love the way he responds he's like i'll read this all later i'm a little busy right now or whatever it's like this is a bis- <clears throat> place of business keep your personal she was the hardest out. character to get through but i also really loved Listening to her letters. And please refer to I hate <laughs> Su Lin so hard. I still hate her. Yeah. 
I don't feel sorry for her. She brought this upon herself, but that's that's the that's the black and white judgmental person. Well, she's of an me. exceptional child too. Like her yeah. whole department got laid off, <clears throat> and she got and to she be got the saved and gets for... to go. Yeah, <laughs> and she got a promotion. Yeah, which kind of also because she's, makes she's me an exceptional wonderful. child too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did want to go to Antarctica. I was yes. just going to ask, does yes. it make yeah. you want to go to Antarctica? Yes. yes, totally. And also to listen to that album, which came out of yep. Deb's box, uh, Deborah's box. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's the Beatles album she's listening to, oh. which is Abbey the last Road, one. I yeah, think. Abbey Road. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I asked. I, I have a. I was asking James, I was like, do you want to go to Antarctica with me? And he was like, uh, yes. Yeah. My dad was telling me he has a friend that has been to Antarctica, and I talked to him about it um, a couple months ago, and he was like, it was amazing. And I'm like, I want to go to Antarctica now. Yeah. Did we talk about favorite characters? No, who's okay. favorite? Those two girls living in Antarctica. Oh, yeah, I love them. How they do you are even so learn freaking about chill. That? Yeah, how yeah. do you even learn about that as an through opportunity? College. Through college. Um, the two British yes. girls that yeah. live on the island, and they're, like, so excited to talk to somebody, and they play... Uh, risk with yes. B for hours. They're so cute. I like, hate risk. So to be so desperate for human contact. They're like, we'll play risk with you. Sign up for a risk game. They're what? cute. Oh. I love them. And, and they're not even in beds. They're sleeping on the floor in and peeing in a bucket. But they're so chill because they're. <clears throat> yeah, I love them. Ah. Uh, there was <clears throat> someone else that was on the boat too that that she referred to that I thought was funny. I thought you'd like the penguin counter. The the noise? No, the guy. Like, he's yeah, just, like, he's focused sp- on his thing. I can't wait to get back to the ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I loved all the scenes in Antarctica and on the boat and, like, on the cruise. Okay. And, and it was... So, I grew to love uh, Bernadette when she saw an opportunity mm-hmm. to just... I loved her sure. the whole time. I'm gonna, but I really, no, f- I felt like her I was beginning. on, I was no, on no. her side the whole time. I felt maybe because I knew what was gonna happen in the beginning. Okay, I thought maybe. she was really quirky. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked her quirkiness, and I wanted to see where it was gonna go. And then I was like, "Oh, girl, why are you talking to that guy over over the internet?" But then, I really felt like I got to love her when she was in Antarctica. She finally was coming back to who she used to be. Yeah. She's not, it wasn't going to be the end all and be all, but she was, she's willing to work in the kitchen and just do whatever. And that snooty, the snooty scientist was like, I, I, you know, I did. And she's like, okay, whatever. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, it helped. It helps though that I think the person Googled her and knew who she was. Yeah. You know, I don't like, I am that awkward person with most like situations like I never really clicked with a lot of people at my children's schools ever. Mm-hmm. I doubt that I will That would be me if I had people. children. I'd be yeah. like, I don't want to talk to these other moms. Thankfully, my children made friends with cool <clears throat> kids who have some cool moms, so I have some dear, dear mother friends, mm-hmm. but I have I don't know how to be in that situation. And yeah. Be the PTA mom. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I could have related to Bernadette. If I had children in school, I would be Bernadette. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. roll up the window. I don't want to talk to this lady. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Sure, you know? I rolled over your foot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, your foot. Yeah. yeah. All those years of homeschooling and being part of a co-op, I still was Bernadette. I still mm-hmm. didn't connect <clears throat> to the same way, but. That's the thing I like about that show, Dollface. Is she's like, uh, "How do you do this girl thing?" Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what else can we talk about? Um, so this question says the idea of going to Antarctica becomes too much for an already frazzled Bernadette to bear. 
but the trip itself turns out to be exactly what she needed. How do the other characters in the novel experience their own breakthroughs? So hers is going to Antarctica. Elgin's is going to Antarctica because he quits his he job. He steps away from his job. I think Elgin's is realizing that Sulin is pregnant because then he quits his job and then oh, he, yeah. you know. He quit before. You're right. That he does not want something different also, but mm -hmm. he wanted what he had with Bernadette. And at the end of the book. Because he really loves Bernadette. Yeah. At he the end of the book, it's all about like, can we have to try our hardest to get back to where we were? Because that's mm -hmm. all that B wants and that's all that Elgin wants and that's all that Bernadette wants is to go back to their own little happy family. So, yeah, yeah I think he realized at that point, like, oh, I need to rein everything back in and try and fix this. But maybe it's when he when Sulin was pregnant before he finally got the wake up call of you've been sleepwalking through your life yep. and letting things go and here's where it gotcha. And maybe um for B it's arriving at Choate and it, Yeah, cuz she had a hard time. She, but she had her heart set. I mean, and she even had because to defend it was her mother's even, Was it her mother's? She was oh. No, her mother didn't want it for her. You're right, but it was but her mother's it's alma the mater. the thing that her mom and her dad always talked about. Mm -hmm. um, so living in your parents' image. So she learned that she needed to, like, find her own way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or... But I'll... maybe a lot of what she was doing up until that point with all the extracurricular activities was living up to the, the you know, the the gifted child. Sometimes your, parent, your parents put a lot of expectations mm -hmm. and you don't want to just and being the I will tell you being the only child that you anyone who has expectations of you you want to live up to you don't want to disappoint you know that's yes I I would argue that sometimes it's easy to go the opposite direction because I was in the gifted intelligent program in school and whatever and everybody told me all the time how smart I was and more, more at school not that my parents didn't care but you know they didn't push it on me mm -hmm. so my teachers told me all the time and when I got to middle school and high school, I was like, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> so I didn't. And I got terrible grades in high school because I was like, I know I'm smart. And I think part of it was that I was bored. You know, I wasn't challenged. So they make a point in the book to talk about challenging <clears throat> B. Otherwise, she's going to be bored at Choate, you know. Yeah. So they want to put her ahead in a grade so that she doesn't fall back on, you know, not living up to her potential. So for me, it was the opposite that I was like. I don't want to work this hard. And everybody was like, oh, you got a D on this test or like whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I, just, I honestly just don't care. <laughs> See, you know, it was, tired of this. Here's, here's our age differences. It's just that was a fairly new program mm -hmm. going in. And most kids were, were, they noted that and were able to pick them out like by fifth or sixth grade. But because of our situation, it was halfway through eighth grade before I even got into the gifted program. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it gave me a purpose. It yeah. gave me it's something to focus, something, it gave me a, school was the one thing I could focus on that was going to be stable. Everything else around my life was crap, but school was you a stable. Do, yeah. And gifted, I could thrive there. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to, um, I could take, it gave me opportunities to take better classes. I don't think, for me. I don't have the any feeling that her parents were telling her to achieve. I don't think she was getting that pressure from her Not parents. Pressure, I think she just wanted I to live up to their expectations. To what they were. To their to what they were, but I never thought that they I never felt that they were putting out things for her. In fact, she didn't even know what her mother's she what didn't her story take was. Her mother's cuz she told her that she won the MacArthur Genius mm -hmm. Award and then blew, she, and blah, blah, she didn't blah. really know her mom's story, story yeah. or the heights that she 
you know, aspire to. Um, and so I think there... maybe they were just so tight that she was afraid of disappointing them. Well, that's it. Actually, is there the chance that she was doing all these things to separate herself from her parents like, and to be yeah. apart from them? Well, when she went to Choate, she didn't actually have any problems until until she got the packet with all mm. the with all the documents. I think she had all her problems until she got the packet. Yeah, because she didn't like her roommate. Her roommate didn't like her. And they were saying she was not engaging. She wasn't talking to anybody. She wasn't, you know, participating in anything until then she got sucked into working on her book. But maybe, I thought maybe she had this grand, grand expectation because of all the glorious stories her parents told. Mm -hmm. But her reality was not, it was, I mean, it, it might have been awesome when her parents went. And no, it was, but it was, it was, but I come back to the, it's about breaking free from them, even though it's in their mold, mm-hmm. because her mom is begging her not to go. Yeah. She's yeah. guilting her into, I'm yeah. going to miss you so yeah. much. And it's, and that's, she thinks it's, I, I think she's, she does the thing. She, she's motivated by making her own way and mm-hmm, breaking yeah. free. Of, it is very tied to expectations as I like talk it out. Like, cause everybody expects her to be fragile and delicate. Yeah. And oh, that's needs true. Special care, and she's like, "Stop it now! I'm just look copying. at what I can do. And yeah, poor I can child. go. Your pa- your mother is forcing, is throwing you uh, into the wolves over there, and she's like, I chose it. Yeah. I like when she says, "Oh, you must love Kyle a lot more than my mom loves me." <laughs> she's like, "I would never send my child to a boarding school." <laughs> I love when she stands up to Audrey yeah, when they're like, like having the confrontation. That. She's like. She's practically yeah. screaming her head off like you. So that's funny. when her precociousness pays off. Yeah, yeah that's that true. She, I liked yeah, her then. Can talk because she can hold her ground with adults. Yeah, yeah definitely. which is probably a yeah. strength of her upbringing is yeah. that she can hold her own with adults. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, well I love this book. book. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fun to listen to. Um, the movie I thought was cute, so when it comes out, I would recommend watching it, especially if you've read the book. It's it was. Cute. I was very disappointed that I couldn't find it someplace. That it's not yet on Amazon Prime or Netflix or anything yeah. like that yet. And it's I love Kate Blanchett yet. so much. It was too. like, oh, I will watch anything with her in it. I would love. Her. That's the, when I realized who it was. I'm like, oh, I totally want to see this. Yeah. So you and you said that you um would. I saw that there's two other books by this author. Which one did you get? Um, today will be different. There's today will be different, and this one is mine. Or two. This was her first, mm. I think, and then she's got two more. Okay, so <clears throat> I looked at the today is different and is going or is going to be different. Today will be different. Today will I be think. different, and I almost, I almost clicked that one for the, my next book, but I saw the number of, and I never do this, but I don't know why I did this time. Yeah, I never pay attention to how many stars somebody else gives something because I figure I want to experience myself. But I decided I'm going to try Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I hear that one's good, too. It's, and yeah. it's recommended. I've, I've like been recommended book. that multiple times and yeah. I've not so read I'm it gonna yet. Give, I'm going to give that book. one a try. Um, when do we announce our next book for the book club? I forget. Um, I think we do it during the episode, so I might okay. have to put it in here because we okay. haven't picked one yet. So should I get the? the oh, pot? we could pick yeah. one. So we put all the, <clears throat> we each picked three books and threw them in a pot and drew one oh, out. Oh yeah, it's up there. Yeah. So, so this was my pick last month. So I've got two left. I don't even remember what I put in there. Well, wouldn't it be a fun surprise? <laughs> um, so we 
We let the person who chose last. You said time you want to choose, so oh, hand okay. me the uh, the oh. owl. Or I was gonna say Karen could choose. Okay. So our book for January is da 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 da. da. Grace of Wrath. Oh, all right, sweet. Oh, I've never read that. Okay, I own it already, but I'm still gonna listen to it. I've never finished it. I was. It's one of those books I was supposed to read in yeah. high school, and I never did. I, and as a homeschool mom, we I had Ian read through it. But have you read it? Actually, I read it with him, but it's been a long, long time. Mm. It's been a lot because the qualifier is that we shouldn't have read it. Okay, so we could disqualify. I don't, this. I don't remember the books. Okay, I've got the I've got Henry Fonda in my head. He's not as hot as um, Gene Kelly. <laughs> That was a different episode of the podcast. These people are not going to know what you're talking about. This comes out later. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you only listening to our book club, guys? We have another. We have monthly podcasts. Um, okay, they're longer. You get more of us. Um, so if you uh, want to listen with us, we're gonna uh, review Grapes of Wrath um, yep. in January, and I can tell you when. It was most likely be January 13th. Will be when that episode. I comes love out. that author. I love that. When I was in college, I read, I read Winter of Our Discontent. Whiny, complaining, but I still loved it. It was a very depressing book, but I loved it. It's 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 about his life actually. It's set in Monterey, Hmm. near Cannery Row. My husband's cousin did her thesis on him. I've never read her thesis, but she yeah. knows everything there is to know about John Steinbeck. Well, He's California. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Like, um, my first book I loved from him was The Red Pony. It's very, like, approachable Ooh. book. I read I've it never read kid. any Steinbeck. Um, well, of Mice and Men is very good. Uh, okay. I have read that. I, like I did little, read that. I like the little one. I did read that one. How long is Grapes of Wrath? It's a little longer. Oh, no. <laughs> I will say, whenever discontent is, he's not very content because it's a thinner oh, book. There's something. Um... But he describes the streets and the houses, and I totally want to go there. Okay. But that's a different book. So, yeah. Graves of Wrath is also set in California during. I'm not opposed about talking about other I'll... books that relate to the books that we choose. Well, I like it. it, it I we studied that when we were studying that period of history. Yeah, it's a good one. Grapes of Wrath is twenty one hours long. Yeah, <laughs> so start now. That's a, that's a lot of book. I'll I, do my best. But the characters are gonna love. It's the characters. halfway between. So it's like, hum. If you don't know the world's words, was halfway between. So nine hours for the one we just finished. I think I can handle hum, it. Hum. If you don't know the words, was fourteen something. Twenty one. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, but I've been wanting to read it because I think I only made it through the first ch- couple chapters as a high schooler um, because it really kind of relates to where we are, I think. Climate change, yeah. economics, politics. You could draw some parallels. Yeah. Okay. So it felt like a very timely choice. So thanks for the nudge because I want to read it. So. Yeah. Yay. All right. Cool. Well, we'll see you in January. Read on.